Welcome to season four, Fostering Change, the number one podcast in adoption and foster care. You know, each week we speak to the most amazing good humans about topics that touch each and every one of us. If you have a guest suggestion or interest in sponsoring our podcast, please visit us at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Now, sit back, enjoy, learn, get motivated, and let's speak to some fascinating guests. Well, you know, it's hard to believe that this month is almost over. January, I mean, where did it go? You know, the fact that the year 2022 for me was like that, and now we're already almost at the end of January. You know, a lot of my friends in the beginning of January and the end of December, they talked a lot about how, what they were going to do for the new year. And one of the things that I always hear every single year, time and time again, is about this dry January. And what I really have noticed lately is how much that we're covering it on the news, how much I'm reading about it in the papers, how many times I'm going to restaurants and people are more and more leaning towards that. Well, you know, I'm going to have to be very honest with everybody. During the pandemic, it was very, very hard for me. It was hard for me as someone who is a public speaker and someone who is used to traveling all the time. And I tended to... Um, towards that bottle maybe a little too many times. And, you know, this is the first time that I've actually spoke about that. My husband has spoke to me about it. My close friends spoke to me about it. But it was something that I didn't talk about. Until all of a sudden, my amazing friend and producer, David Thalberg, said that I was going to have a guest on. And they sent me this book. Well, I'm going to tell you something. People come into your life for a reason. And that's exactly why my next guest came into my life. And ladies and gentlemen, I am so, so excited to introduce all of you to my friend, Marcy Hopkins. She's the author of Chaos and Clarity. She is an award-winning host. And Marcy, I just can't thank you enough for writing this book because it hit my desk at the exact time that I needed it to. Wow. Isn't it amazing how God and the universe works? It truly is. It truly is. You know, I want to jump right into this because, you know, the first thing that I, I thought about as I was reading your book is just how raw you were. You know, at the moment where things were happening in your family with your stepfather, you're talking about that. I mean, you're you're really opening up about sexual abuse, which by the way, I did the same thing in my memoir and I got a lot of backlash from that. Can you explain to me what made you decide to peel that curtain back? Well, it was really when I put down the drink, I just celebrated seven years of sobriety in October of 2022. And it was once I put that drink down that I really started healing from all of the pain from my trauma. Now I had gone to therapy and I coped with alcohol. Life looked good, actually. I, you know, I had jobs. I you know, I always had a relationship, not that they were good, but then I was married, had two kids and life crumbled, crumbled for me. And it was when I put that drink that down that I was able to start working on my feelings, the pain, connecting with my inner child and really connecting with my higher power. So I knew that I had to be 
extremely open about my story if I was going to help others. You know, Marcy, the fact that, you know, you said something just now that really I think a lot of people can relate to is that you had a job, you know, you you had your your crap together, you had your children, you you know, but but still you had these demons that you were almost trying to hide. And and do you feel that when you put that drink down, it just gave you more clarity as you know, um, when it says, you know, did it give you more clarity when it came to exactly why you were taking those drinks? Well, I know now more that it was my way of coping, but I knew, I knew at the time also that I had been taught to drink. My mother was an alcoholic and, you know, anything that went on in our lives, you drank. You know, if you had a stomachache, I remember being like nine years old and my mom was like, here, try my margarita. It helps me go to the bathroom. Like, the, you know, it's just, wow. that was the solution. And when I started getting to a place, well, first time I got drunk was 12 Uh, But then the sexual abuse started and I started experimenting with with alcohol and it made me feel good. And it was my escape. And I was blacking out on the weekends, but that's not good at 15, 16 years old. Right. And then I learned to manage it more through my adulthood. But it was really and towards the end, I got in front of the camera. I didn't get in front of the camera until I was. 40. And it was during that time that really everything crumbled for me because it made me realize how much I hated myself. I had no self-esteem. I started drinking more because it became my liquid courage. So it made, I thought that I could drink to go to my auditions or my gigs and make me stronger when all the while it was just making it so much worse. And and my final day of drinking, I had gone to a gig. I had drank to help me get through it. And I ended up that evening getting a DUI. And that was my final, my final drink that, that day. And I woke up the next day and said, I need help. And I, I surrendered. And it was the, the most magical moment. Like that's so hard, right. To actually surrender and say, I have a problem or I need help. And that, and that's with so many things, but wow, the weight of the world came off my shoulders. And, and I knew that I was coping all that time with alcohol, but I tell you, I love talk. I love talking about it now because I feel so many people out there dealing with the same. No. And I agree with you a hundred percent on that, that, you know, there are a lot of us that are dealing with the same and that we are using that liquid energy that we feel like it's masking and that it can help us give us that boost. But, you know, to go back to, you know, here you are as a young girl and you're, you're with your mother. And by the way, um, you know, you and I have a similar story where our parent was supposed to protect us, you know, and, and, you know, I had that mother who, you know, I'm the youngest of 10 kids and my, my mother was there to protect us. But instead she allowed that monster who lived in the house to constantly abuse us physically and sexually, knowing that it was happening. 
letting us know that we were not to tell somebody. And by the way, there was a moment in your book that I had to stop. And I, it was like that because you know, your stepfather had just done something and your mother, you were going to visit your grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually, I was like six or seven years old and my, her boyfriend had beat me. And that's when I was going to my grandparents and they told me not to say anything. Yeah. yeah. And wow. You know, that was, uh, and I start the book off with that. I mean, it's like really in your face raw totally. right away. But I did that because I wanted people to just feel that, not just talk about my story, but like feel that little girl in that moment yeah. and, and have somebody be able to relate in some way to their childhood and being in that moment and what that felt like. Yeah. And I have to to say that, you know, as a child who comes from abuse, you know, it's very hard because you do feel the guilt. You know, I wanted to protect my mother. I wanted to protect my siblings. And so I didn't want to tell anybody what was going on behind that closed door, knowing that that monster who was continuously, you know, there and that she was allowing it there. When it comes to building relationships, though, I mean, have you have you found that now that that you're sober okay mm -hmm. has the building relationships been easier oh yeah so I mean today my relationship with my husband is phenomenal I mean we were at a place where we were going to get a divorce we were not happy at all uh with with one another but I've grown so much and I've healed so much and that's allowed me to be able to be open and communicate and, and be happy with myself and not look to him to make me happy and learn how to communicate. Right. So I don't need someone else to make me happy now. And I also, the relationships that I have with people now, they, they fill me up. They fill my cup. They're not taking away from me anymore. So I get to choose my relationships now. I love that. I love the fact that, you know, I always tell people you have to fill your cup before you can fill somebody else's. Yeah. And I love that. You know, as, as someone who, you know, I live, eat, foster care, my five beautiful babies that are on the wall behind me are all five were adopted out of the system. All five of them came from, you know, whether their parents were, you know, drug addicted or their parents were alcohol addicted. I have a son who has fetal alcohol syndrome, you know, and even as you said, in my life, my whole, my, my parents, it was always, everything was done by alcohol, you know, and when you hear the statistics of kids in foster care, that is the thing that really concerns me. And when I read your book, I was like, oh my gosh, if there was just so many kids, you know, young teenagers who could read this to understand that that taking that bottle and drinking, and as you said, you were blacking out at that age, you know, it, it's, it's a cycle, by the way, it is a cycle. And it's that moment where you give all the power up. What I want to know is when you did that, you get this DWI and you open, you gave this power up. Who did you give that power to? Mm. Well, I mean, for me, I believe in God. I was raised Protestant. I converted to Catholicism when I got married. So God has always been very present in my life. 
and I did ask Jesus to help me. There was a, a small chapel where the 12 step was, and there was a little uh, sheep. And then of course the stained glass window of, of Jesus. And I, and I was said, Jesus, if you help me through this, you will be my shepherd and I will always be your sheep. And, but today I, I do have a different idea of God and spirituality. I, that's what I, I have learned a lot about spirituality and about the divine. And I believe now that it, it's all more of an energy and we're all connected through love and ultimately God and the divine is love. And that's what he wants for all of us and that we all live the most magical life. But I will tell you, society and the news and everything that is thrown in our faces all the time, it's very hard to pull ourselves out of that and be that positive, loving, peaceful person. But that's what we ultimately are supposed to live. And that's what I'm grateful to be living today and be so connected. I meditated in the beginning and there's a meditation on YouTube and uh, it was to connect with God. And I listened to that every day. And I looked to my angels for guidance and clarity. And I will tell you, you reach out, they are there They're just there. waiting. They're there. They're there. I'm going to tell you, you know, you and I very similar, you know, I have such a deep faith and I believe that my heavenly father um, truly, truly put me on the path that I'm on for a particular reason, you know, and what I always remind people all the time is Jesus was no different than Mother Teresa or Gandhi. Um, he loved his people and he loved his community and he wanted to be there to support them. And I think that that's something that the younger generation are having a huge issue with. And so yeah. the reason I asked that question of who you turned your power over to, I think a lot of times that we feel weakness when we feel that we need to turn something over that maybe shouldn't be with us. Right. So for me, turning over, like I think of that as I no longer have to feel like I'm in control of everything, right? Because when you're in control, if you think you're the only one in control, like really look at your life. What does it look like? How you doing? How you doing with that? Right. And I believe that there is a serenity and, and a feeling of ease. And like I said, I felt the weight of the world come off my shoulders when I surrendered and, and stopped lying to myself and everyone around me. Because, you know, I, I, I think we're living in lies when we are living in pain. Yeah. And no, you're right about that. You're completely right about that. You know, when when we're not able to be honest with ourselves, much less be honest with the people that are around us. And so many times, you know, I feel like, you know, this whole sober January thing, I hope if it does anything, it gets people to stop and recognize right. that, you know what, I can be that person that I want to be with 
without that glass in my hand. Listen up, everybody. Um, this has been unbelievable. I am telling you, um, Wake Up With Marcy is your show. I absolutely love it. You know, um, Chaos to Clarity. We will have this link on here um, because there is a lot that, you know, and by the way, I love the whole, I love books that, that go with the give me something to do. You know, I just don't read the book and it's just like, okay, I just read a good book and that's great. You actually, it's like almost like a workbook for me. It was, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And by the way, everybody, we'll be right back. <laughs> this episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that inspires our communities to bring hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. For just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Case mission and help us eliminate trash bags for kids who are entering foster care. For every $10 that you give, Comfort Cases will give a Comfort XL to a child entering the system. Be part of the change. Visit comfortcases.org. Well, you know what? I'm so excited because right now I am actually waking up with Marcy. You know, this has been such an amazing first part of us to talk about chaos to clarity. You know, I think, you know, each and every one of us should really take a step back and take a hard look at ourselves because even those of us who might even think we have the most perfect life, we actually have had trauma that has somehow crept within to our life. And that is one of the things, Marcy, that I love that you talk about because I think it's it's something that it seems to be more of a hot topic now than it was, you know, I'm 56 years old. We never used to talk about trauma. You never talked about sexual abuse. You know, I was, I was in my, you know, late thirties, early forties before I even told my story, you know, of what happened to me as a young boy. Um, if, and we get a lot of people that, that listen to the show of all ages, and so I've got this young girl who's listening right now. And, you know, I, I want you to talk to her. You know, what would you say to her as she's going through and dealing with this trauma um, of, of being sexually abused? Because we see that so much in our foster care system. Now, I'll ask you, is she currently being uh abused or no no she's she's aged out of the system she's okay. aged out of the system and i know she's listening and she's yeah. aged out of the system and she's having a hard time just coping with the fact of dealing with and by the way i've talked about this before because yeah. i do believe forgiveness is something that each and every one of us have to do but That's we cannot forgive do understanding that we're forgiving for that person we're forgiving to take that power back and as you and I talked earlier you give that power up but now all of a sudden you want that power back and I feel that that's really deep when it comes to trauma yeah so first of all I'd tell her she's not alone obviously we're sitting here talking about it and that pain that she's feeling I have felt it and it's still there but what I would encourage her to do is do the therapy get help because there is so much help out there but one of those missing elements is inner child work really connecting to your inner child that child that was so hurt and realizing that that is something that happened to you it's not where you are today and you're safe today 
but you need to help that inner child to heal. And you brought up the freedom of forgiveness. And that freedom is for you. It's not saying that what that person did was okay. It is for you to let go of the pain and that anger that's so deeply seated inside of you and the walls that you have built up around you to survive, to survive. And know that also something to look into is the victim mentality. And this is something that I do talk about in my book and give these action items to help you through it. But that victim mentality is is a way of coping with trauma. And But what ultimately happens when you get older, you have trouble in relationships and allowing yourself to be close to someone and, and loving someone and let that love in. Because you think everything or everyone is against you and that you don't have a part in anything. And it is so vital that you do see yourself as a participant in relationships and in problems that you may be facing with other people currently. And it's all work on yourself and you've got to find that self-love. You got to find that self-peace because believe me, I hated myself with every fiber of my being. And today I can say how much I love myself and stop coping with all the negative. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It doesn't have to be drugs. It could be excessive working out. It could be eating disorders because you only have control over what you're putting in your mouth. It could be gambling. It could be sex. You know, you're using your body. I used right. to use my body and my looks to get what I wanted from other people because I didn't think I had anything else to offer. But I promise you, I promise you, you do the work and you can heal and you can move forward and you can have a productive, loving, peaceful life filled with joy. Believe it or not, it is possible. And I've done it. So just know you can do it. Well, she knows that she knows that I know she's listening and and I know I will talk to her after this. And that was one of the things about your book, Marcy, is that, you know, it doesn't have to be alcohol. Your book, you know, even though, you know, you're sober and you talk about what you, you know, what you um, needed to give up at that moment in your life, it can be, there are so many people, I mean, I know people, for instance, who do not drink, but they are routine of exercise is to the point where they can't do anything else, you know? So I think that people need to look at this and understand that your book is more than just about being sober, but it's really, truly taking control. I got to ask you a couple of more personal questions. One of them, do you still go to meetings? I don't currently go to meetings. For me, the 12-step program did save my life. Okay, It changed my life. Today, through all that I have done, the desire to drink is completely done for me right today. But I still do my practice every day. Right, right. right? I do have to stay connected and know uh, those tools I've learned, I have to practice every day. Right. And I just want to say that the thing about this, that trauma, everything, that's at a cellular level, that's 
in your DNA now. Your brain becomes wired a certain way to deal with this. And it is so crucial that we rewire. We talk about all this mindset work, and but it's true. You got to rewire your brain. You got to release the trauma from your body. And there are so many practices out there that can help you do that. And I don't suggest for most, you know, maybe they need to continue with the program every day. I feel very grateful. And, you know, everybody has their own story and what works for them. But I will tell you the 12-step program did save my life. And I love the fact that you say that. But I also love the fact for those listeners and our viewers understand that, you know, not everybody has to continue and go to meetings, you know, twice a week or three times a week or every single day. And you're still able to. But when there's that moment, and yeah. I know we all have them, you know, where that moment where you're at a cocktail party and everybody around you is enjoying that cocktail. Have yeah. have you ever had that moment where it's just like, I got to get out of here because I feel that, or have you gotten it so together that, you know, that moment just has passed? Well, I'm so grateful that today I can be at any function and not feel that I want to drink. I do have my tools though. I got to pop in the tape and say, you take that drink. Because believe me, I've smelled wine or something like that. And I'm like, God, how nice it would be. Oh my God. I There's triggers, right? That make you kind of want it. And for me, I actually picked up smoking when I quit drinking. And that helped me. I'm not going to lie. It helped me to get through it. But now, I mean, I'm five weeks without a cigarette. So I have finally quit smoking too. I did four or five cigarettes a day. In the beginning, it was like weeks on, weeks off, you know, so, but that really helped me. But I utilize the tools and everything I've learned to quit smoking. And I'll tell you the first thing I did was pray over and over for that desire to be lifted. To be lifted. Wow. And, you know, I never, ever even thought about this until you just said this. So at our church, we allow meetings to happen at our church. And so every, you know, Sunday when we come to church, there's always this kettle and it's full of cigarette butts. Mm -hmm. And I always say to my kids, Grammy and Pappy, you know, my gosh, what are they just standing around smoking all the time? But you just that aha moment. That, yeah. you know, you needed that something. It was the one thing to give up, but, but you needed that something. First of all, I'm proud of you for being five weeks without without <laughs> smoking. And I hope the next time we talk, you know, it's been a lot longer than that. But, but what, let me tell you, the thing I love about you were just so open. You're just so, I mean, I look at you and never, ever would I've ever said, oh, she smokes. Um, yeah. Or even if you were that closet smoker, you would never tell anybody. Oh, um, no. <laughs> you know, but I am so, so, so proud of you that you talk so openly about that. You know, I feel that I just want to say this also, that the start of healing is opening up. So the first time you tell your truth, to whoever it is that that you feel comfortable with, that you feel that you can share. That's the start of your healing journey. You've got to start releasing all of what you're holding inside because imagine how 
toxic and sick that is to have to hold that in. And I'm very grateful to be able to open. And if those people out there want to judge me, that's on them. Well, because that was my next question. My next question to you was, did you, did the, those who you thought were your friends, did any of them fall to the wayside because you decided I'm not drinking anymore? The only people that fell out of my life were those that I drank with because I couldn't be around it. Yeah. And I know that they, we actually probably, a lot of times you, you have friends with you, you're, they're your drinking buddies, but they're not necessarily your friends. Right. 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 I love you. Let's go out. Let's go have fun. You're the one yeah. I can drink the most with and be comfortable with it. But what was interesting and was so eye opening was, God, there's so many people out there that barely drink and like, like going to dinner and they're having one glass of wine, even if they finish it or not, you know, they're, I'm like, wow, this exists, but it, it's just who you surround yourself with, which is what you were talking about earlier. I just surround myself with the most, I try to, the most positive people that we can help one another just to be the best person we can be. Yeah. And I think that's a responsibility for each one of us to be good humans is to bring ourselves around people that really lift us up. Listen, Marcy, you are absolutely my rock star. Um, I, I've said to so many people, I was so excited about this podcast. I was absolutely unbelievably excited to read this book. You know, I have a special place for books that, you know, I absolutely love. And I think people need to, and they come into my office and I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to read this book. But this book, I'm telling you this has you know the fact that yes you're sober and yes it has to do with you know the sexual abuse that you've gone through and trauma and stuff like that I do think that this book can help in so many other ways for people and I truly do and what we're going to do everybody is there's going to be a link on our website on all of our social media platforms of how you can actually get your copy of Marcy's book and also um, to start listening to wake up with Marcy because I'm telling you something if you want something to put that in your step, Marcy, I have to tell you, following you on social media and really getting to know you has been an absolute honor. So thank you. I so love much. seeing you pop up on there too. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, listen, everybody, it's been another great addition to Fostering Change. And the thing that I've learned today, and it's something that I always try to take away, you know, sometimes I say I'm never going to do another podcast, but today made me realize that I want to do another one. And the reason I want to do more podcasts is because I think it's very important that we all do tell our truth, to tell our truth. And today was the first day that I, you know, have actually told all of you, you know, the pandemic really affected me. Um, The 20 pounds, um, I would like to say happened because of food, but to me, it happened because of the alcohol. And now I've made the conscious decision that that's not needed. So, hey, let's see what happens. We can take just one day at a time. Take care, everybody. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. 
and a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange@comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.